You're listening to locally produced programming created in KUNV Studios on public radio, KUNV 91.5. Ladies and gentlemen, I'll brainstorm this later. We'll edit it later for now. <laughs> Welcome to Leadership Lingo. My name is Matteo Portelli. Matteo Portelli. Today, we'll be hearing from a few folks and their experiences as leaders and find out the best principles and practices that make our community a better place. Welcome to Leadership Lingo. Vanessa. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome. Welcome to Leadership Lingo. How are you today? I'm I'm good. How about you? I'm you know trying to stay hydrated. I'm tired. Doing hard though. Yeah, I feel that <laughs> it's it's school, it's work, it's a million different things. So I'm not gonna lie though. I got a hundred percent on my last English quiz. I'm kind of feeling myself. Ooh, what was the quiz on? I don't I don't remember. You you already <laughs> forgot. That's, no, it, that's pretty, no, you know quintessential college experience yeah, taking I, a quiz, getting a hundred, and completely forgetting as soon as you leave the classroom. I, you got to do what you got to do. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, I, I'm I'm glad that you're here on the show. Um, Wanted to pick your brain about a few things. Uh, I understand that you are the current Chief Justice of the Judicial Council for the Consolidated Students of the University of Nevada. I don't know how you fit that title on a resume. I just say CSUN Student Government. Okay. All right. Very cool. Well, I'm sure we'll have a lot more folks uh, in the future from CSUN, but you are the first person on the show to be interviewed uh, from CSUN. (laughs) I feel so special. (laughs) I mean, you are. I mean, special enough to be leading an entire branch of government. Fair enough. Fair enough. (laughs) Humble brag, you know. (laughs) Why don't you tell us uh, a little bit about CSUN, what CSUN is, what do they do? Yeah, so CSUN is, like I said before, the student government on campus. And so we have the same as the actual, you know, national government. We have legislative, executive, and judicial branch. Uh, And so with our legislative, we have senators that represent the colleges. Um, The executive, you have president, VP, uh, Senate president. And then for the judicial branch, you have me, the chief justice, and uh, nine justices total um, to kind of equal that branch. So same as normal government. So I know that CSUN applies uh, for all undergraduate students here at UNLV. Do we have like a like a code of criminal laws? Like wh- why do we need a judicial branch? Wh- what do you guys do? Right. So we interpret CSUN governing documents that can include uh, the bylaws, the constitution. These are not the actual constitution mm. or anything. It's the CSUN constitution. Mm. So we have kind of a specific to this organization um, set of for lack of a better word, yeah, they are kind of laws, but they're mm. more of a code of conduct. You're not going to get criminally charged for mm. anything. Um, but you can definitely get reprimanded. You could definitely get, you know, removed from your position if you do something that severe. Um, we rarely have ever had any case like that, though, That's for good. the most part. Um, a lot of our cases have dealt with more election-related stuff just because during the elections, you know, tensions are high, people want to win, and sometimes people cut corners, and so that's when we step in. That's good. What... Um what does a branch kind of look like, right? Because I know in the Senate, right, every college is represented uh, by at least one senator, uh, and they meet on a regular basis. They debate. They pass, you know, uh, bills to fund student gov- uh, student organizations, stuff like that. Um, how often does the JC meet? What's your structure like? That's honestly dependent on if there's a case. So we normally don't really meet unless there's a case going on. We have the requirement in our uh, judicial council operating policy that we have to meet once uh, a semester at least Mm. to look over our operating policy, see if there's something we need to, you know, fix or change or update with it. If not, we just pass it as is, we bring it to the Senate, and that's about what we're required to do per semester. Um, Other than that, though, we are kind of expected to attend certain Senate meetings if we have to swear in any new senators, any new members of the executive branch. 
um, we're expected to go there. Also, if we do have a case, that's when we start actually meeting more. Um, we'll have certain um, certain time frames in which we have to you know, meet, have to render a decision whether we want to accept the case or not, render an actual opinion on the matter, discuss, vote, do all this stuff, write the opinion, uh, and then post it uh, for everyone to see so that it can become CSUN law. Mm. I've seen a couple of these uh, these opinions before. They they look pretty official. They look like they're modeled off of you know Supreme Court case opinions and stuff. Do you guys have advisors, or is it just part of the culture of you know once you're a justice, you get trained on this stuff? How does your professional development turn into looking like actual legal documents here? Well, I'd say that I mean we do have CSUN has an advisor, yeah. um, and we're actually in a period of transition where our previous advisor actually left for a different job, so we have a new one now. Who I have yet to meet with her just because of the hecticness of the semester, but we have a meeting scheduled next week, I believe. And mm. so um, we have like CSUN as a whole has an advisor, yeah. a faculty advisor, and other faculty members who are. I don't want to say adults because we're all adults, but they're older adults sure. who they're are not you students. know exactly they're right. not students and uh, and they help us out with stuff. But as far as within the JC and how our structure is, it's kind of passed down. I wasn't really given a lot of um, direction from necessarily the advisors. I was given a lot of direction from previous uh, justices Mm -hmm. and previous, for example, this position I was in. uh, The past person who held it, uh, the previous chief justice, he was the one telling me like, this is how it goes. But obviously I had been on the council before. You don't just you know, jump right in, rise to the top. Like, that's not how it goes. You start off as an associate justice, and then normally you progress into associate chief justice and then chief justice, which is what happened to me. Um, So by that point in time, by the time I became chief justice, I had already um, been on the the council for over a year. uh, And so I knew how to do things. But initially going in, Mm. honestly, if I hadn't had the clerkship, I have no clue how I would have gone through. What is the clerkship? Yeah, so basically... It's it's the same as like the legislative and executive internship that they had for a while. The clerkship is basic. What what you're gonna do is you're gonna learn about what the JC is, um, how to like you're saying write opinions, uh, how to analyze a case, understand the bylaws, the you know precedent that we have, um, read past court case or council cases to um, kind of understand where the council has lied in the past on certain issues. And to understand, most importantly, how to render decisions mm-hmm. and what that even looks like. So there's this whole program set up. And the, 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 the main point is to be able to educate whoever is, you know, a prospective justice, mm-hmm. for example, on what it looks like to be in the JC. It's almost like you're creating a bench, pun intended, to uh, have, you know, (laughs) justice is appointed to. Uh, Oh, exactly. You mentioned that there's a bit of a ladder to climb uh, when you become a member of the JC. Could you tell us sort of what the workload is for an associate justice compared to some of your duties now as chief justice? Yeah, so initially going in... um, you just as as an associate justice, it's like I guess the bare minimum, for lack of a better word. Like you can render you know decisions and and write your pieces of the opinion. The way that we kind of section it off is that we'll actually say, okay, well, we'll meet. Right, for example, we'll deliberate on an issue, and when everyone kind of like agrees, the people who disagree, which has happened before, they they do their own thing. They'll write a dissenting, or some people can write a concurring if they want. Uh, that just means you agree, but for different reasons than the majority. But for the for the majority, for to simplify it, if the majority agrees on something, 
they'll meet, we'll, we'll all meet and we'll say, okay, well, this is what we're trying to say, right? This is the issues that we have. And we'll kind of outline it and say, all right, so we want to talk about this section is going to be this, this section is going to be this, this section is going to be this. We have an intro conclusion, boom, the opinion, right? And then all, what, what we'll do is it's a Google Doc thing, right? We'll just say, okay, well, this is your part, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, highlight this part, comment it, that's yours. Um, and you write about the specific issue. And the goal is that you understand that issue enough that not only are you able to understand it for yourself, but that you're able to explain it to somebody else. Um, and I think that's kind of the biggest part mm-hmm. of this is when we're writing opinions, like, I always intend for anything that I write to be read. Mm. Um, so I want it to be understandable. Uh, so when we talk about like what an associate justice has to learn how to do just bare minimum is learn how to be understood by the general public mm. um, and understand how to kind of parse out something that might be really complicated, a really complex case and take it. And then at least for that little section, make it so somebody who has absolutely no idea what CSUN even is could understand mm. what's going on here. So the workload is essentially, I mean, you have less responsibility initially just because you're not trying to set everyone's schedule up. You're not trying to lead the clerkship program, which that would be the associate chief justice's role. So once you kind of leave that and and get promoted to associate chief justice, that's where you are in charge of the clerkship program, managing who gets which clerks. Normally you'd want it to be that, you know, one clerk per uh, justice kind of thing. And then... um, And then make sure that they're talking to each other, that there's mentorship. It can include, you know, anything from about the JC. A lot of us in the council want to go to law school. There's Mm -hmm. a lot of pre-law advice going on here, too. Mm -hmm. Um, Just general advice, because obviously people in the council tend to be upper classmen. You know, clerks tend to be lower classmen. Mm -hmm. So just guiding them through even just college experience. That was kind of what the clerkship had been for a really long time. Mm -hmm. And so... Um, the associate chief justice's role is to manage that. Going up to my job now as chief justice, I oversee all of it. So when there's a case, I'm the direct contact, right? They send their uh, their briefs to me. I send it out to the rest of the council. Everyone pretty much interacts with me, and then I go interact with everyone else. It's not like you can necessarily, like you don't really directly send something to an associate justice. You'd Mm -hmm. send it to me first and I'd just, you know, parse it out to them. When there's a deliberation that we need to have, I'm the one who sets the schedule and say, okay, when is everyone available? We want it to be flexible. We don't want to say, okay, we don't have like a hard day. Like for example, Senate uh, has to meet like Mondays at six, right? That's their dedicated time. We don't really have it like that. Mm -hmm. It's more like, okay, we're all kind of busy. We've all got work, school, and a million other responsibilities. When are you free? When can we find the time where the majority of us are free and we can talk about this? And obviously, you have to make some concessions here and there. But for the most part, I try to be really um, lenient on people's schedules and say, okay, well, let's accommodate for everybody. Um, And, you know, whenever there's any sort of opinion, I kind of take it upon myself to do the explanation within the beginning uh, aspect of it. And I didn't understand when I was an associate chief justice why the previous chief justice did this until I became chief justice. And I realized, oh, it's because it's the hardest part to Mm. try to explain what the background is and explain in a way that makes sense, because obviously you're getting a lot of information in a case. And I was like, oh, that that makes a lot of sense for you know, the chief justice take that role on because you want that to, you know, you don't want to put that level of responsibility necessarily on somebody else because it's going to be really difficult for an incoming associate justice to do all that. Sure. 
I, I, so I want to ask you a question both about, you know, your experience as a leader and, and, and sort of the troubles you faced. But before I do that, um, I'm curious to hear your thoughts on, on the JC itself. Um, I don't think it's a secret that most students on campus don't know about CSUN's existence, let alone care much about its, its internal mechanisms. Right. Um, what do you think the CSUN, that CSUN as, as both the entire government or perhaps your branch in particular – Uh, could do either better or explore more about to increase awareness. Because obviously, I mean, you're spending a lot of time doing this. Your your fellow justices are spending time doing this. And at least in the confines of an election, the JC does have a lot of impact, obviously, deciding contests um, or controversies. So what can we do better in terms of marketing? Because, you know, every student here pays through their registration fees, through the CSUN fee. Every student is a shareholder in student government. So what can we do better to increase awareness? I feel like, I mean, definitely when you go to Involvement Fair, you'll see CSUN tabling and marketing and and talking about the programs that they have and and positions that they have available vacancies, asking people to apply. Um, It's difficult because we do kind of operate in a vacuum for the most part. A lot of things happen internally and the JC is the most internal aspect Mm -hmm. of it all. You know, same as the Supreme Court, Mm -hmm. out out of all the different steps in the Supreme Court, like two of them are public, right? The actual, you know, discussion of the issues and then releasing the opinion. (laughs) Everything else happens behind closed doors. So that's essentially how it is for us too. And it's difficult because I would love for people to come and watch what we do and, um, and we've had in the past open hearings for that mm-hmm. exact reason to say, hey, we want you to understand that we're not just like making these decisions in shady mm-hmm. circumstances. It's just sometimes it is easier to do a Zoom call than like hold an open hearing in a, in a bigger setting just yep. for the sake of convenience. But I think, you know, when when a student wants to learn more about how this how CSUN works in general, but specifically a JC, I mean... Y'all can reach out to me, but obviously, <laughs> um, but uh, but I think I think it helps when like professors know too, and mm. they can talk about it. I know um, specifically some political science professors are aware of CSUN, do talk about it um, quite a bit in their classes. I'm not a political science major, mm-hmm. so I don't know how like to what extent that happens. But also, I think it's really unfair to confine it only sure. to political science because, like you said, every single um, college is represented in the Senate. In our in the JC, I don't even think I mean maybe one or two political science majors, but most of us are not. I'm mm-hmm. a psychology major for reference. We have criminal justice majors. We have a pre med major in there, um, and we've got like different I think uh, econ majors. So there's different representation. So I don't think, I think everybody should be aware, not Mm -hmm. just the ones who want to go into the kind of politics pipeline, but it's, it's so tricky. Sometimes I, I always talk about CSUN. I always brag about the JC Mm -hmm. and I'm like, go for it. You know, right now, I mean, actually vacancies just closed, but, um, I was telling when the vacancies were open, I was like, go apply. And we had quite a few people apply because I saw the um, form. And so I was really excited for that. And I'm really excited to see how the, um, interview process goes and, and what happens. But, you know, it's it's really just a matter of like students feeling like they're not represented and that they don't really care. Um, CSUN has to uh, operate internally for a lot of things. And because of that, it can kind of isolate them from the student body. And uh, the JC is also an issue of this too. But um, it's it's genuinely for the students like it, it's like you said everyone pays every student pays money for this organization mm-hmm. so um 
besides tabling and um, and and professors marketing mm-hmm. it. Um, another thing I know that RSOs are uh, re- registered student organizations mm-hmm. are huge when it comes to the UNLV community and mm-hmm. what it means to like be a rebel in general, and uh, and to get funding they have to go through CSUN if they want funding for their organization for merch for you know stoles for any anything that they want right and um, and that's kind of some people's only interaction with CSUN right. so they see CSUN as almost like just a, a, a bag of money instead of like people who actually sure. like do things that can help the student experience. And so I think obviously there's a priority on getting funding for these organizations, but there's something to be said about maybe initiatives that could be pursued that genuinely do help the student experience instead of just saying, oh, well, we'll just give you 3000 bucks and, you know, go, go splurge. And that's nice. And that really helps. Don't sure. get me wrong. Um, but, you know, it, it, there's there's kind of an interactive nature that sometimes seems to be lacking, I'd say. Yeah, I wonder what could be done um in terms of boosting professional development, it's really interesting to me that a lot of clerks that come into the JC obviously have that sort of pre-law tilt, um, or maybe they're interested in being a paralegal, or maybe they're just interested in being a court reporter, right? Like there's something that attracts them to the judicial process compared to, you know, being a student senator or being in the exec. So yeah. uh, I, I wonder going forward, like if there could be a relationship that's fostered with, you know, prospective Boyd students, that, that might be something. Um, you know, maybe maybe uh, JC officers are invited to speak at the at the pre-law fellowship program, for example, something yeah, like that. Yeah, that's really cool. I love that program. Um, for reference, that's the Justice uh, Douglas pre-law fellowship. Mm-hmm. And I did that actually in 2021. So it was still virtual. They had started in mm-hmm. 2020 and they had planned it not with COVID in mind sure. naturally. And then COVID hit threw things out of whack and they did it online. And then I, th- I thought I was like, well, I'm not going to apply this, this, you know, inaugural year. Cause it's online. I don't want to do that. So I applied 2021 thinking it'd be in person. They didn't know. And then they were like, JK, it's online. Right. And I was like, oh man, <laughs> cause I really wanted it to be in person and have that experience. But either way, it was really, really cool to just talk to all these legal professionals and, um, and get that feedback from, um, Boyd admissions and, and just anyone in the pre-law space for me as a first-generation law student mm-hmm. who's going to be, you know, going in pr- practically blind. Congratulations, though. <laughs> oh, thanks. Thanks. <laughs> yeah. It's it's going to be crazy. So I'm really, you know, grateful for any sort of advice, any sort of mentorship. Um, but I, I think there's definitely an opportunity for the JC to interact more in the pre-law community to mm-hmm engage with some of the, you know, organizations on campus that are pre-law mm-hmm. to engage with the literal school of law that we have here mm-hmm. on UNL, in UNLV's campus and uh, to interact in general more with the legal community. And I think there's just a an issue of like COVID threw things completely out of whack. Sure. And so there's kind of a uh, shift happening where we're trying to get back into it. Um, and initially, like I took office and we had only done things virtually. Mm-hmm. And so all of a sudden I was scrambling to try to figure out how do we do things in person now? Like that's we've never we just I've never done that before. Mm-hmm. I've been a justice, you know, in, since November of 2020. Right. Joined the council. Obviously, things were virtual. And then now to, to come into this role, step in this role, um, trying to transition back is, is, has been tricky to say the least. All right, well, it seems like you're doing just fine. <laughs> thanks. thanks. <laughs> let, let me ask you, you know, you're president of, of a branch of government. It's not, it's not the same kind of role as, uh, sorry, you're presiding over a branch of government. You're not the president. Uh, <laughs> but, but in your capacity as chief justice, you're not, you know, you're not managing a budget. 
to my knowledge, uh, you're not really doing like membership recruitment. Um, what, uh, you know, in the same way as tabling on campus to, to, you know, try to get somebody to join a fraternity, for example. So how do you sort of see your role as a presiding officer? Because that, that is what you are. Um, and what is some of the lessons that you've learned? Because it seems to me, and I don't want to seem crass when I say this, but it seems to be that your biggest job is herding cats to make sure that <laughs> to make sure that these these highly you know really qualified really competent students can actually get into a room to have these discussions. Um, so so what are some of the lessons that you learned as a leader in this role? Yeah, sometimes it's been that. Sometimes it definitely <laughs> is like, okay, can we all just get together and 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 dedicate ourselves the way that we plan to the way that we you know it's a job like we do get paid um mm. believe it or not and so it's not like it pays the bills but it's it's still a paycheck of pays sorts gas. yeah <laughs> barely <laughs> um but <laughs> no it's it's still you know it just shows that like every time i get the paycheck for example like it reminds me like hey no students are counting mm-hmm. on us right so we need to make sure that we're on our a game mm-hmm. and so um it is it is sometimes it looks like to, for example, members of the council or just anyone on the outside that that's what I'm doing, that I'm just getting people mm-hmm. into a room. Um, but internally, it has been like long nights looking through the case law library and checking and double checking, triple checking that nothing in precedent is going to conflict with mm-hmm. what we're doing. It's, you know, once everyone has written the opinion and written their section, it's going through and fine tuning it and making sure this really does sound as good as possible. Um, it's. It's going through and, and, and making sure that people who do hear about the JC and want to get involved, that I like steer them in the right direction, mm-hmm. send them to the people who can get them involved in the clerkship. If they want to know about my experience, I'd love to share it because I love talking mm-hmm. about this. I've been doing, I was a clerk my freshman year all the way through, worked my way up into the chief justice role. And, you know, and, and sometimes it is a little bit easier uh, because if we don't have a case, we essentially aren't sure. doing much. But other times it is a lot of work. And um, and we, me specifically, like I do take it very seriously. So in this role, and obviously you interact with a lot of other student leaders, both in student government and outside, um, what's a sort of working definition of leadership to you? For me, I always think of leadership like I'm like a service role. Like I don't think of it like a position of power. And I think people really shouldn't see it as a position of power, like in in the traditional sense of like, oh, I have authority and I'm just going to, you know, use that to. No, I don't really see it like that. For me, leadership is you're leading others. So it's it's an act of service, right? You're trying to help other people become the best version of themselves, reach their full potential in the roles. And uh, at the end of the day, like, that should be the priority. And so as long as you're, as long as the people you're leading or people on your team, like if you can lean on them, you know, support, get support from them and feel like they're actualizing their potential, then like you're doing a good job as a leader. So it doesn't need to be some stressful thing where, and I have an issue with this sometimes, where I feel like everything's completely on me. I have full responsibility. I have to do it all. Right. Um, And sometimes it's nice when I can just lean back and say, wait, I have people on my side who are going to help me out. Um, you know, I don't have to always do this all the time. I'm, I'm doing the best I can. Um, and then just saying, hey, could you do this? Like delegate something, for example. And um, and just being, being able to kind of have the duality of, okay, understand your role is not a position of authority necessarily over others. You might have to make tough calls and, 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 and get people in line for some things. But for the most part, it tends to be 
an act of service like, okay, you know, you want, for example, if you want to write an opinion um, and you're having difficulty understanding something, how can I help? That's the biggest thing whenever I'm talking to anybody in the JC or any other uh, leadership role. It's like, how can I help? What can I do to help you out here and make sure that you feel like you can do this? Um, Because if you don't believe in yourself, then it's going to be really tricky. It's going to be an uphill battle. So being able to kind of have that in mind and also leaning on people around you when you know that, hey, maybe this is too much at this point in time. So let's say that instead of a history major sitting across from you, and it's okay if they are a history major, but let's say that a freshman is sitting across from you uh, and, and, you know, they're listening to this. They, they know quite a bit now <laughs> about what season <laughs> is and what, what the JC does. Uh, what advice would you give them uh, if they're interested in being a clerk or one day uh, interested in being a chief justice of the JC? Yeah, I mean, well, I'd love to talk about, I'd love to just like give my number and be like, hey, let's go grab some coffee. Like, let's talk about it. Because I have, you know, almost four years worth of CSUN experience to, to disseminate with anyone. But um, I'd say like, one, understand that it's not going to be insanely difficult, but it's not going to be something you can brush off either. Like know when there's going to be times where you have to commit and times where it's okay to take a breather, you know, and then just overall understand that this is for other people. Like at the end of the day, this whole CSUN in general, student government in general, but especially the JC, it can feel internal. It can feel isolated, but it's not. Um, It is very much for the students, very much has real impacts for students. And, um, and at the end of the day, like it, it's, it's all for, it's all for (laughs) each other pretty much. So I'd want them to just kind of understand like why they want to go into this, um, what they, what they're hoping to get out of it, understanding those goals and saying, okay, well, this is how the JC can help you and kind of tailor it to whatever they have in mind. Your Honor, thank you for your time. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for having me. (laughs) No, I really appreciate being on the show. Thanks for being a leadership lingo. A lot of great advice. Um, But yeah, uh, if they want to hear from you or learn more about you, uh, how can uh, folks learn more about the JC and hear from you? Yeah, so obviously we have, you can look up CSUN on our website, but if you want to contact me directly, it's vanessa.aponte at unlv.edu, and uh, you can just look up my name uh, and you'll find me in the directory. But otherwise, you can just reach out, send an email, and I always love to chat. So, yeah. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for being on the show, Vanessa. If you want to find out more information about the folks we interviewed here today or just learn more, you're more than welcome to follow us at Facebook, Twitter, or LinkedIn at Leadership Lingo. You can also shoot me an email at mateo at leadershiplingo.show. That's M-A-T-E-O at leadershiplingo.show. We'll catch you next time. Stay safe, stay hydrated. Have a great day.